0: Welcome to Living Free Today, a ministry of Cornerstone Fellowship in San Lorenzo, California. These podcasts are the weekly sermons of Dr. Michael L. Wilson. Please open your Bibles to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 12. In the Gospel of Luke, especially in chapter 12, Jesus has been teaching the crowd. He was teaching the crowd about persecution first, and then he was interrupted by somebody who wanted Jesus to take care of his financial difficulties. Then he teaches a bit about greed And then he goes and talks about where your money is, and don't be anxious about money. Don't be anxious about your basic needs, for God will uh, provide those for you if you truly need them. And then in verse 35, without skipping a beat, he kind of changes gears, and it says, Stay dressed, ready for action, and keep your lamps burning. I am a Christian, and as a Christian, there are certain things, there are certain truths that I believe. If you call yourself a Christian, then you must also understand that there are two calendar dates, there are two events in history which will actually happen. One has already happened, one is coming forward, and will happen in the future, And these two events, the first is the birth, life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. That is the foundation of the Christian belief. That story is found in the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And as we read the life of Christ and the meaning of what He did and the meaning of the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ then we can believe in that, that we can put our life in God's hands and we can call ourselves a Christian. But if you're a Christian, you also must believe in the future event of what we call the second coming of Jesus Christ, that Jesus Christ came once 2,000 years ago and he's coming again. And when he comes again, he will come all grown up, he will come on a white horse He will come with the armies of heaven and he is coming to avenge the saints. He is coming to set things right. He is coming to destroy all that is evil and to wipe out the current heaven and earth and create a new heaven and earth. And during that time he will gather his people. There are certain future events that are guaranteed by scripture. One is the Gathering of God's people, that is called the rapture. If you are alive during the rapture, then you will just disappear and you will meet Christ in the air. Those who have died prior to the rapture will be resurrected and meet Christ in the air. The second thing that happens, and I don't know, one difficulty we have is the Bible is not clear in the order. And so the order of things can be Debated and they are debated, and churches have split over the order of the end times. So, you have the rapture, you have the second coming, where Jesus Christ comes on a horse, fights the battle of Armageddon, wipes out all the evil on the earth, and sets up his millennial kingdom, which is a thousand years of peace on the earth. In there, somewhere, you have seven years of tribulation where The Antichrist is allowed to basically reign free for seven years and create war against God and against God's people. And then at the very end, Christ creates a new heaven and a new earth. The Christians have a wedding feast. The unsaved people go to eternal torment. And the division in history of those who believed and those who do not believe is there for all eternity. And if you are a true believer in Jesus Christ, you spend all of eternity in his presence in a new heaven and a new earth. However, that will be, and as we sing, you can only imagine. The Bible is not very clear as to what we will doing, be doing, but it will be amazing. And so the setting of this parable is right out of the blue. Jesus says, stay dressed for action and keep your lamps burning and be like the men who are waiting for their master to come home from the wedding feast so that they may open the door to him at once when he comes and knocks. And this is the story of a fairly well-off or rich person. He has a large house. He has servants that are running the house. And one of his friends are getting married across town. Now a Jewish wedding back 2,000 years ago would take seven or eight days. If a person said, I am going to a wedding, then the servants would understand you're going to be gone for the better part of a week or more. You would go and there would be preparation. There would be the equivalent of their bachelor party. There would be equivalent of the bridesmaid party and there would be a wedding which would take the better part of a day and then there would be feasting for many, many days celebrating the new married couple. And so if you were a servant, if you were a hired servant to to watch this house and your master, the person who pays your salary, the person who uh, has hired you to do this is going away... The point is you have to be ready because you do not know when this person is going to come back. This person may have drunk a bit too much and so they stagger back home and they knock on the door and you have to be ready and willing to open that door and to bring them in and to do whatever it is they wish to do, to change their clothes or to give them a nightcap or some coffee or whatever it is they desire before they turn in for the evening. And Jesus says, Blessed are those servants whom the master finds awake when he comes. And the idea is if a master has people in his house that are working for him, and they are always ready, and he shows up, whether from a wedding feast, or whether from a business trip, or wherever, he is going away, and they are ready there's a very good chance that when payday comes, they may get a bonus or they may get a raise because they're always there anticipating the master's very need. And so Jesus continues and says, "'Blessed are those servants whom the master finds awake when he comes. Truly I say, he will dress himself for service and have them recline at the table.'" and he will come and serve them if he comes at the second watch or the third watch and finds them awake. They had sundials back then, and so they don't say 4 o'clock or 5 o'clock in the Bible. They usually say third hour or first watch or second watch. Second watch is 9 p.m. Third watch is 3 a.m. So what this is saying is, there is a time that is normal for the servant to sleep. I mean, we're all people, and if we're serving somebody, working for somebody, I've worked at companies where they, they kind of had the sense that I should be there 24 hours. You can't do that. You have to go home and you have to rest and you have to eat and you have to sleep. But whatever is going on here, the servant has to be at least one eye open, has to be ready so that when the knock comes at the door, the door is opened and the master's needs are taken care of. But know this, it says, if the master of the house had known at what hour the thief was coming, he would not have left his house or be broken into. And this is part two of the we don't know when. If the master, I mean, consider this. You get a call saying your house is going to be broken into tonight at 10 o'clock and you trust whoever's calling you, you're going to make preparations. You might even call uh, friends over who have weapons to stand and stop the thief from breaking in in the same way if this master had received that sort of information, he would be ready. But a thief does not broadcast one of the, the Watch, one of the hallmarks of a thief is they're very secretive. They do not spread around their plans and if they do, and there's movies made about this where a thief gets loose-lipped at a bar or something and things happen, but this is not how somebody breaking into your house would do. It would be a secret and, and you wouldn't know. But if I had known, I would be ready. And so what do I do? Well, I'm ready all the time. I'm ready for the thief all the time. And some people today are ready by having a security system. Some people have you know, a fence or a gate around their property. We have double locks on our doors and we have things that keep the thief at bay because we do not know when the thief is coming. But we know when the thief comes, it'll be harder, it'll be more difficult for them to rob one house versus the other because of the security. And then Jesus brings it all around in verse 40. You must be ready for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. And Jesus is talking about the second coming. Jesus is saying that you do not know. And you do not know when Jesus Christ is coming again. Some people have Guest, there was a, a rash of guests in the 80s into the early 90s. There were books written. The last major book, the last major event, guessing of Jesus Christ returning was 2012, because the Mayan calendar had told us that the world will end in 2012, but Jesus Christ did not come back. Jesus Christ will come back and it will be seen by everybody. I do not know how it will be seen by everybody, but the teaching in Scripture is like lightning that goes around the earth. Everybody is going to see the second coming. It is not a secret. It is not undercover. Jesus Christ did not already come back and you missed it. Jesus Christ is coming back in the future... And when he comes back, will you be ready? Now, in verse 41, Peter says, "Uh, Lord, are you telling us this parable for us or for all? And the Lord, instead of answering Peter, tells him another parable. When then is the faithful and wise manager, whom his master will set over his household to give them their portion of food at the proper time, blessed is the servant whom his master will find. So doing, when he comes, truly I say, you will set him over, the, uh, over all his possessions. But if that servant says to himself, my master is delayed in coming and begins to beat the male and female servants and to eat and drink and get drunk, the master of that servant Will come on a day when he does not expect him, and an hour he does not know, and he will cut him in pieces and put him with the unfaithful. And that servant who knew his master's will, but did not get ready or act according to his will, will receive a less severe beating. But the one who did not know and did what deserved a beating will receive a light beating. Everyone who much is given, Much will be required, and from him to whom they entrusted much, they will demand the more. And so the question we have to ask today is, Jesus Christ is coming back. That is a fact of history. It has not happened yet, but it will happen. And we are told repeatedly in 35 through 48 to be ready, to be dressed for action and to be ready. And the question is... How can we be ready? First of all, you've got to be saved. You've got to be a believer in Jesus Christ. You have to believe that a man by the name of Jesus was born of a virgin 2,000 years ago, lived a perfect life, was crucified and died for the sins of the world, and rose again on the third day. You have to believe that With all your heart, you have to believe that it is true and you have to believe what Jesus is offering on the cross. You need to accept that offer. You need to accept the fact that Jesus is offering forgiveness and you accept that into your life. And as you accept that into your life, the promise of Scripture is that you will receive the Holy Spirit. We baptize out of obedience and that is the starting block of being ready. How do you continue to be ready? Well, once you're saved, you now go into a program of sanctification is what the Bible calls it. Sanctification is growing in the knowledge and wisdom of Jesus Christ. First and foremost, it is His Word, we have the printed Word of God, His desire for you, His desire of what He wants you to do, His desire of what He wants you to know, His desire of what He wants you to believe. And we need to be in the Bible. We need to be involved in daily Bible reading. You say, I don't have time. You go, well... You can make time to read one verse a day, to read, if you have an ESV or an NIV that has it divided into paragraphs, you can read a paragraph a day. You can read one story a day. You can read something every day to keep the things of God foremost in your mind. If I am in the Bible and you say, but my eyes aren't good enough to read, you can get a recording of the Bible, you can have it, there's many, there's got to be 10,000 Bible apps for your phone. Half of them will read the Bible to you. You have the words on the screen and a voice is coming out of your phone reading it to you, reading it along. And so you can do that to bring it into your brain, to bring it into your heart, to confirm once again that, yes, I believe this, Yes, I'm going to do this. Last several weeks, we talked about Jesus' commands. Jesus gave 49 things that he wants his people to do, that if we do them, we show our love for him. And the sense out of these two parables is that Jesus is going to come at a time where we do not know. You could think, Well, it's going to be in the middle of the night, but it's not in the middle of the night everywhere in the world all the time. Somewhere in the world, he's going to come in the daytime. Sometimes it's going to be night. We have different time zones and things, but he's going to come, and he's going to become when he's not expected. And you can guess, you can guess, I thought this from a wee child. I thought, this is how you beat the system. You guess every time and every date. And there you go, I've guessed right when it happens. But that's not what people do. People say, December 12th, 1986, that was a biggie. October of 1986 was a biggie. People wrote books and Jesus Christ did not come back. And the people who picked those two dates have now passed away and they are meeting God face to face and probably getting a little lesson in don't pick dates. That is the lesson of this, is we don't pick dates. We say Jesus Christ is coming at any time, and so I'm ready. I believe in Jesus Christ. I'm in the Bible. I'm, I'm working on things that God is showing me, and I'm trying to be a better person. But the idea is, what will you be doing when Christ comes back, is the idea of these parables Some people in the past, in your Puritan cultures, would say you you can't frequent bars because if Jesus Christ comes back and you're in a bar, he will reject you. If Jesus Christ uh, can't rapture you out of a movie theater, things of this nature, that is not exactly what they're talking about because Jesus will not be surprised when he shows up and he sees how you are and what you're doing, he's not going to be surprised. He knows who's saved and he knows who's not saved. He knows that we need entertainment and he knows we need to take things light some days, that there are days of heavy study and there are days of vacation. He understands this because he knows who we are. He knows who he made. And so he's not going to be Surprised, but we need to be the type that is ready when Jesus Christ comes back. When Jesus Christ comes back, we do not scramble to, oh, I got to read the Bible five times in the next 10 minutes because Jesus Christ is coming back. We're already in practice of how we need to act and what we're doing so that when Jesus Christ comes back, it will just be a continuation of what we're doing much, much better. There are two types of people in the world. There are those that when Jesus Christ comes back, will run in fear and will be scared to death of him. There are others, hopefully us, that when Jesus Christ comes, we will run toward him, saying finally, saying yay, saying good, saying this is all over And praising God for his end of time. But Peter knew, Peter knew what type of people we are. Peter saw 2,000 years ago the type of people that were in the church. And so he wrote 2 Peter 3, 2 through 7. That you should remember the predictions of the holy prophets and the commandment of your Lord and Savior... Through your apostles, knowing this first of all, the scoffers will come in the last days with scoffing, following their own sinful desires. And they will say, where is the promise of his coming? In other words, people stop believing that Jesus Christ is coming back. And we live in a time definitely now, much more than Peter's time we live in a time where if you just talk generally about time ending or Jesus Christ coming back to judge, you're, that, that's mockable, that's scoffing. It says, for ever since the fathers fell asleep, all things are continuing as they were from the beginning of creation, for they deliberately overlook this fact. That the heavens looked long ago and the earth was formed out of water and through water by the word of God. And that means of this world that then existed was deluged with water and perished. But by the same word the heavens and earth that now existed are stored up for fire being kept until the day of judgment and destruction of the ungodly you will find in a society like ours that as soon as they deny the flood, and the flood is a historic fact, God picked Noah, Noah's wife, Noah's three sons and their wives, they built a boat, they put animals on the boat, and God flooded everything and killed everything that was not on the boat. And that was a judgment for their sins. And people deny that that existed, that that happened, that God ever judged anybody, that there was ever a worldwide flood. And the second step is then to deny that Jesus Christ is coming back because Jesus Christ is coming back to judge. He is coming back as a judge. He will welcome those who follow him into heaven And then he will judge all that are left in the world. He will raise people from the dead and then judge them for their sins. And if they do not have Christ, then it will not turn out well for them. And so the idea that I have to be careful what I do because somebody is going to judge me. I have to be careful what I do Because God is writing these things down. I have to be careful what I do because God is putting all of our works into a crucible and he's going to light it up someday to judge our works. That whole idea today is foolishness because today people need to be able to, they think, do whatever they want and if you don't agree... If you begin to preach Christ or the flood or something like that to them, then you're canceled and you're removed from speaking. The idea that at all costs people want to publicly sin is the most vile, strange thing I've ever seen. But that is where we're at today. And people deny Christ, they deny the first coming, they deny the Bible. Peter ends by saying, Therefore, beloved, since you are waiting for these, the second coming, be diligent to be found by him without spot or blemish and at peace. So we always keep the second coming. The idea of Jesus Christ coming back is always on our mind. And as we ponder this and pray about it, I know people today and I've read stuff from the 1800s and I've read stuff from the 1600s that people, God puts in your heart the anticipation of the second coming that I need to live anticipating the second coming, believing with all my heart that Jesus Christ is coming again and he's coming for me and you And I need to be someone who is without spot or blemish. That means I've accepted Jesus Christ and I have the righteousness of Christ on me and I'm at peace. I'm at peace about the day. I'm at peace about the times. And I'm at peace about what God is going to do because I am on his side. He is coming for us and to judge the world. And we need to have that in our mind as we read Scripture, as we pray, as we ask God to hurry this up, to get this show on the road so Jesus Christ will come back soon. That is a prayer that is found in Scripture. We can always pray that. We cannot hurry up God's timetable. He will come when He comes. But we can anticipate it and want it to happen now. Let us pray. Lord God Almighty, I thank you for this day. I thank you for the truth that you are coming again and that we can be ready. We can be ready spiritually. We can be ready in knowledge. We can be ready in wisdom. We can be obedient and ready. And when you come back, we can stand holy and blameless before you because of the work of Jesus Christ. Lord, we thank you for that. And we ask your blessing upon this time. We ask it through the blood of Christ. Amen. Cornerstone Fellowship is located at 180 Llewellyn Boulevard, San Lorenzo, California. Our Sunday morning service is at 1045 a.m. Our website is livingfreetoday.org and our phone number is 510-278-2622. May God continue to bless you as you serve your King. God bless.